Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaith. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash vctchurch, or you can check out our website at www.churchvictoria.com. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, I want to thank you again so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, YouTube, make sure you subscribe and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure to like and share and comment. That really helps us out. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 15. Uh, we are moving quite along. Uh, it's It's been a great class. It's been it very good. It seems like a long time since we've been sitting at this table. It has for us, yeah. It seems, for it you seems and like, I, a, like a hot minute. Because we, we did a bunch of them all right together. You know, we had like five or six recorded at one time. And, right. And, uh, and we haven't been here for a while. Yeah. It's been a while, man. So this is kind of odd. So, so yeah. it seemed like we ought to be t saying, hey, we're sorry. We're, we're glad we're back. But we've been here every Wednesday. Yeah. It's just we just well, haven't been. We haven't been. We here haven't been there. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, this is what Thursday morning. Yeah. That we're recording this one. So this will be out next Wednesday. Yeah. So. It's the, the, the time difference is weird. Yeah, yeah it is. It, you, have to, you have to process it. You know, it's hard to process sometimes. Indeed. Well, I'm excited. So, you know, we've we've gotten to the point. It's almost for us, like, you know, people have been watching every week. They know exactly where we're at. But if you haven't been, we, you we know, lost we, we yeah. lost track where we were. Yeah. So we're coming out of uh, coming out of uh, God's deliverance, God's mm -hmm. deliverance and bringing the people out of Egypt, bringing them through the Red Sea, all on dry land, every need met and Pharaoh and his armies completely destroyed. So God has demonstrated his full authority and power. And we're going to be picking it up in Exodus 15 with the song of, it says the song of uh, Moses and Miriam, but it's really a song of praise to the Lord. Yeah. That's what it doesn't it is. last long. It doesn't, well, we'll get there. All right. Why don't we pray and let's get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study together. We pray your blessings upon our audience as they, uh, as they navigate through the text, Father, and be with Cole and I as we, uh, as we try to help them to, to do that navigating. Father, we, bless, uh, we ask that you bless all their families, and we ask, Father, that you continue to watch over us at this church as we, as we strive to do your will and, uh, and teach your word every single day. Bless us, Father, as we do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So... We're going to jump into this in just a second, and we're going to be in Exodus 15. But before we do, let me ask you, brother, when is it appropriate to praise God? All the time. All the time? All the time. You know, I mean, you know, I, I know, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, and you've been preaching on it. I preached on it a couple of weeks ago that, that even in our distress, God's involved. That's what Second Chronicles says. It says that he said all the wrong that went on. He said, and in your he said, I caused that. I was there. You used to you preached out of out of James one, where it says, Consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Here he's gonna test them again. He's gonna test them because they get out of line, he's gonna test them. Well, God is a is an absolute wonderful father who's absolutely always in control in his in his kids' life. Always. So when should I praise him? All the time. For everything. Well, and that's the key to passing the test. The I key so. to passing the test, you know, I've 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 talked to brother and sister, I've talked to, to, to Christians all over, and it seems like we get really confused. <laughs> we think that, well, I'm doing the right thing, and so because I'm doing the right thing, good things should happen. But they don't. That's not the way it works. No. God is when God is testing us, the key to, to succeeding in the test is exactly what you said, praising him all the time. All the time. Relying on him 
even though things are going down the hole, relying on him because he is a father who is good. He tells us, Cole, in John chapter 3, unless you're born again, mm -hmm. okay, that means God has to birth us into a new life. And when we and when we are birthed into that new life by God, we have to embrace that life. It, it's a life that he's given to us. Right, yeah. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us. And so now I have this new life as as my father is God, okay? I don't have a father here. I have a physical, I had a physical father and, and I'm a physical father, but but as a, in a, from a spiritual perspective, he's my father. How much does he care about me? He cares about me to do everything I need that's, that, that I need him to do every day. He's right. doing that. So, you know, I'm sorry that there's a lot of people that may be watching or that, that will that will run across this and say, well, I don't feel that way. I'm sorry you don't feel that way. I'm sorry you don't have that kind of relationship. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. That's right. Yep. That's what he wants to have. So if I have that kind of father, then I should praise him all the time. I should be in constant praise of thank you so much. Now, now that's hard because sometimes some really bad stuff happens. You know, we were yeah. talking last night in class uh, out of out of Acts chapter 12, and it says that James was arrested. John, John's brother, one of the sons of thunder, was arrested, and Herod cut his head off, cut, killed him. And then Peter's arrested, and I asked the class, I said, "What's how's this fair? James dies, Peter doesn't, how's this fair? And, and one of my class, people in class, Barbara Martinez, said, said, I said something about God's got a will. He knows what he's doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and you know we we've lost people in our families. We've lost people at this church. But yep. the broader perspective here, and I'm not trying to minimize the suffering. I'm not trying to minimize the pain. I'm not trying to minimize any of those things. Those things are very true. But the bottom line, brass tacks, is you can't threaten a Christian with heaven. No. No. And if the Father calls us home, notice how I say it too. Calls us home. This isn't home. No. And if we get too invested in thinking this is home, <laughs> then we've lost sight of the hope that we're supposed mm -hmm. to have. I told class last night, I said, we are not made for this place. That's right. We're not. Physically, I am. But spiritually, I'm not made for this place because this place, let's face it, Cole, this place is a cesspool spiritually. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look around, out, out there, this is a, it's a cesspool. Well, I think I think people in our culture are waking up to the, to the reality that we're dead. Yeah. This culture is dead. Yeah. You're looking around. There is no hope here. Yeah. There is no, I mean, you know, if you, depending on if looking at it from a, a political and very briefly, just a political ideology for a second, right? People on one side think this is the solution and they go that way. And then it turns out it's not the solution. People are losing their homes that we've turned health. Uh, we've turned healthcare. We have the ability to save people but because they don't have money. We won't save them. It's that type of ideology, right? It's wrong, and it's not the hope or the goal, but that's where it ends up. People, the poor being eaten alive on one side, and on the other side, what do you have? Everyone becomes poor, mm. and everyone gets eaten alive, and there isn't even enough food to go around. And you see what I'm saying? So yeah. which is which is which model is going to save us? Mm. Neither. Neither one. Neither one. Now, are some models better than the other? I have an opinion, mm. and most of us do have an opinion, mm. and I'm not. But I don't want to. That's not the point. The no. point is neither is sufficient for what we need you know we're, we're a, you know i that's that's why without faith hebrews 11 says it's impossible to please god that's right because you got to first believe that he exists 
and that he will reward those who earnestly seek him. Sure. You got to believe that he exists. That's right. That's why, you know, when we study with somebody, the first thing you got to do is do it. Does God, is God really real? Is he real to you? And why is he real to you? Prove it to me that he's real. Well, these guys knew he was real. They saw it because he just swallowed up the enemy. They've seen it. I mean, so recapping from last week, uh -huh. last week for them, like four weeks yeah. ago for us. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but recapping, you know, they've seen the pillar of fire move in front of the camp. They've seen the sea parted. They've seen, they've, they've experienced crossing on that dry land. They've watched the Egyptian army totally destroyed. You know, when I, when I graduated from basic training, I walked, I walked out of basic training and it is a roller coaster. I mean, they, when you first enter basic, you, they treat you like, like a kindergartner or less. And they totally strip you of everything you are, everything you thought you were, all of those things. And that's their goal. Their goal is to completely break you down and rebuild you and then rebuild you the way they need you to think the way they need you to think, to operate the way they need you to operate. I am a, when I, when my parents got a hold of me right after basic graduation, they didn't know what to do with me. They had no idea. It was three months and they had no idea who I was anymore. They had no idea. It was shocking, mm -hmm. shocking to them, right? I left when I joined the army. I didn't tell them. They found out after I had joined, after I had left. Think wow. about that for a second. Wow. That's, that's how I, I went from that rascal to, you know, parade rest. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. I, I mean, totally different person. And that's not just the way I responded to people, but the way I spoke. That's what God was hoping to do here, to completely transform these individuals. And it looks like it takes. Right after basic training, it looks like it takes. It doesn't take long of being back in the mud before you start acting like a pig. <laughs> and that's what that's what that's what happens here. Because watch, they start off yep. on this huge yep. emotional high. They've they have watched God conquer, and there's nothing they can't do. Right? This is what it says in verse fifteen, verse one. I will sing to the Lord for He is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He's become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise and Him. It, and it says. And this is the, that Moses and the Israelites sang this song. That's right. So they're all singing. Yeah, they're all. This is this is. I, I go back again to my basic training graduation. We are coming out out of the forest. We are uh -huh. running. Uh -huh. We are screaming. We are on fire. Yep. Nothing can defeat us. That is that is what's going on here. You know, we are on top of the world. There's nothing we can't conquer. Why? Because if God is with us, who could possibly That's be right. against uh -huh. us? That's what they. Well, we're going to find out who could be against them. Yeah. We're gonna we're our worst our own worst enemy. Oftentimes, Pharaoh's chariots and his armies he is hurled into the sea. Understand that during this this time period in history, chariots and armies like that that's like for us that's like saying, you know, God overthrew the aircraft carrier and he knocked the F-16s or F-22s or F-30 whatever they are now those those awesome planes uh -huh. we've got right mm -hmm. knocked them out of the sky because this was the most powerful country on the planet uh -huh. and God just went like this. Yep. Probably didn't even extend that much effort. Just spoke at it. You're done. And it was done, yep. right? Uh-huh. So Pharaoh's chariots, his army, they've been hurled into sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatest of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. 
by the blast of your nostrils. Just the breath. The waters piled up. The surging water stood up like a wall. You didn't even need to move your hand apart the sea. You just, just breathed on it and it happened. I mean, look at, they're overjoyed. Yeah. And why shouldn't they be? Yeah. They've been, they've been delivered from bondage, slavery, death. I mean, God has provided every little thing. Now, they went along with it, kicking and screaming. Yes. This isn't, this isn't the Israel, Israelites we've been introduced to. No, not, no. You know, this is a, this, this. They will, they'll show up here in a minute. Right. But this, this is where we ought to live. Yes. Of this course. is where we ought to live because yeah. this is true. This is very difficult to live here all the time. It is. It is. Because like we said a while ago, we're not built for this place. We're you know, not. We, we, we are because we're human beings still. And the human side of us still is weak and frail and sinful. You know, I oftentimes say that when we're here on Sunday morning, it's more about encouragement than it is worship. Mm -hmm. Now understand that when we're encouraging, we are still worshiping, Absolutely. right? That's still, that's still true. But that's why it's so important to be part of the assembly, to well, come and join in, you know, because you need that <laughs> encouragement. You need that encouragement to to get. It's like Sunday morning is supposed to be our pep rally. We're getting all psyched up to go fight, and then we go fight during the week, and then we come back and get all psyched up to go do it again. Well, I've talked to a lot of people here, and they feel this really is this time on Sunday where the family joins together. That's right. And 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 really connects together. That's right. Uh, I don't know what it is like at other churches, but here it, it's uh, where where the family is really connected together, and uh, and we do a lot of things together. We we go to class together, and you know, in my class and, and different places, we have we have you know coffee and tea and, and snacks that you can eat, and and then we come into worship and we take the Lord's supper together, and and most of the guys up there are, are really close knit part of our family. You know, that come to up there, the guys leading singer and are a close knit part of the family. And everybody's, everybody's tight together. That's right. You can look around across the auditorium and you know <coughs> when there's a, when there's a visitor here, because, because you know, they don't, they're some, they're, they're different. And you can go up there and talk to them. Uh, it's, it's, uh, but it's also, you know, come Tuesday or Thursday or whenever, uh, you know, these same people are struggling with getting ready for Sunday again. Yeah. You know? Well, and it, it happens, it happens, and we're going to see it happen here, right? Mm -hmm. In verse 9, the enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them, and I will draw my sword, and my hand will destroy them. You know, they just lived this, right, with Pharaoh coming after them, but we need to understand, we live in a world like this every day. Peter warns us that the, our enemy is like a roaring lion, mm -hmm. seeking him who he may devour. Our enemy is constantly pursuing us. And in this world, we need to have that mindset. This world is not our friend. <laughs> this world is not our home. This world is filled with traps and dangers. And we need to have the mindset that God is delivering us from our enemy all the time. Yeah. All the time. He's, you know, you, you oftentimes mention that angels are ministering spirits to those that, those that yeah, obey the gospel. Inherit, right? inherit eternal. So we need to understand why are these why are these angels here? They're there to protect us, uh -huh. to help us, and to serve us. To serve us. We talked about that last night because in that text, there are angels that show up a couple of times in that text in, in Acts chapter twelve. One to get Peter out. That's right. And then one to take care of Herod. That's right. You know. So we there's this spiritual dynamic going on around all around us all the time. Yeah. That's why it's so important to live in this, to mm -hmm. understand. And I, when I say live in this, I don't mean look. There, where's the joy in cancer? 
Okay. Mm. Let's, I mean, that's not, we're not talking about false joy here. That's not no. what we're talking about. We're talking about a mindset, a direction, an attitude that grabs on to who God is and what he is doing. God isn't giving me cancer. God isn't destroying my life. God has delivered me from this cesspool that I end up with things like cancer. cancer. Yeah. God has delivered me from these things. This is a world filled. And if you, if you are terminally ill, you, you have a better understanding of what this world really offers us than anybody. Everybody else is living in, living in, uh, with, with under a veneer. Yeah. We're living, we're, we've bought in into the world. We live in, in a fantasy world. The fantasy world is I can have anything I want at my fingertips. Yeah. The fantasy world is I have all this control and this power. If you're living with a terminal illness, you truly understand just how frail this existence really is. You know what God can deliver you really, truly, really from. Yeah. Yeah. But you blew with your breath again, and the sea covered them. They sank. You see this? this I love this. You blew with your breath. Mm -hmm. And this this is touching on a greater theme throughout the scriptures, the power and the authority of the Spirit of God and how that works in our lives. It's, it's, it's a really, uh, really cool dynamic that you see all throughout. A lot of people say, well, well, where do we see the Spirit, right, in the Old Testament? Where do we see him moving? This is a place where we see him moving. Uh, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, love you will lead the people you have redeemed. If we grab onto nothing else, let's grab onto that. Yeah. Yep. In your unfailing love. You know, I just preached out, you mentioned I was, I've been preaching out James. Um, and I just preached out James a few weeks ago. I talked about, you know, James in, in one, uh, I think it's around 118, 119, he says, you know, if any of you lack of wisdom, ask, ask of God who gives generously. And the whole crux of that passage is, do you doubt that God is good and that he is generous? Do you doubt those things? This is something, this is so important for us to grab on. He, unfailing love, he leads us, the people you have redeemed, and your strength you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will... So, I mean, you, you're seeing... This is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is a wonderful song of praise to God. And it keeps going. It goes all... And it ends in 18 with... The Lord reigns forever and ever. The Lord reigns forever and ever. In his unfailing love, he leads his people. And so they they keep praising praising and singing God for the awesome deliverance that, yep. that, that he gave them. Mm -hmm. and, th and this is where the story ends. They go off, they ride off into the sunset, praising and singing praises to God. The credits well, I mean, roll. And, and then even in, in verse 20, it says, Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang and said and started the same thing over again. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. That's right. You know, So this whole group of people are singing in unison together. They're 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 celebrating. They're celebrating. They're celebrating. God has showed up. That's right. It's a pretty pretty neat thing. It yeah. ought to, it ought to really set the tone for the rest of their trip. Should yeah. Well, actually, in my mind, this is where the movie ends. You know, the credits roll. You know, uh -huh. they, the the Israelites march off into the sunset, following that big old cloud of fire, cloud of praising not, and singing so joy much. to God, and that's just the rest of their existence not for so all much. of days. No. no. Yeah. So then no. then let's look pick up in twenty two. You why don't you read it in twenty two? Okay, it says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur. 
For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marath, they could not drink the water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marath. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Okay, so I've always read this, and I thought, that is fair criticism. Uh-huh. They have not had water for three days. Uh-huh. They are probably thirsty. I would probably be frustrated, too, if the first water I came across, I could not drink. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here listening to this to this complaint. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And I'm thinking, well, Moses, you know, you're out in front. You're leading the way. I, In my mind, this is totally copacetic. This is like this. This does not conflict. And you'd be wrong with what we're seeing up above there. And you're absolutely right. I would be wrong. You'd be wrong. Because when we're reading this from a 21st century perspective, Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily grab on to what's actually going on here. They are not turning around, seeing a problem, because in my mind, this is the way this reads. And this is the incorrect interpretation of this text. I'm just going to be very clear. This is initially what I see when I read this text. These people have followed God. They've done what he's asked. They've three days they haven't had water. They come to the first water. It's bitter. And in my mind, what they're doing is turning and looking to God and saying, God, can you fix this? That is not what they're doing. <laughs> nope. That is not what they're doing. They're, they're turning to God and saying, what the heck do you bring us here for? It, and that is exactly Why right. are we standing here at this filthy, yes. nasty piece of crap water that we can't drink? What are you, what, what, are we good enough anymore? That's what they're saying. They're, they're looking at God and saying, you don't care. You that's don't right. love us. That's exactly, you don't know what you're doing. That's exactly what they're, they're looking at God and they're looking at Moses. They're looking at both of them, lumping and, them together. And this is exactly what we do. Exactly what we do. Yep. We forget just like that. We forget what God just did because he didn't just do it again and again and again. Not in understanding. He does our, do it again and again and again. But not our way. Not our way. And that's the problem. Not our way. That's the problem. Not the our problem way. is we, mm-hmm. we want to take God and we want to mold him into something that we can manipulate yep. and that will that we can use to our own advantage and our own power at our own convenience. And that's not the way God works. I like the answer. Go ahead. Read. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. This is this God over here. I don't think I really want this God testing me. Okay. I know he does it because we're children, but the God that can, that can and blow open a part of a sea, probably not a good idea to, to, to get on his bad side. Well, so. and, and well, look, hold on though. It's not, <laughs> God isn't testing us because we fall short. That's James. James, right? Consider it all joy. God's intent in this test is for them to succeed. He wants them to succeed and strengthen their faith and go into the promised land. There's a lot of hard things in these people's way. There are yeah, a lot there of there's, You're right. I mean, you're right. God is expecting to use them to go into the promised land and drive out the evil and wicked people. And let's explain just how evil and wicked. These are people <laughs> who are taking their infant children and burning them up in bowls so that their gods might bless them. Mm -hmm. These people have gone far from, if you remember Genesis 15, 
right? Genesis 15, 14, rather, 14 and 15, Melchizedek. Melchizedek was priest of the Most High God and king of the city of Salem, which would eventually become Jerusalem. He's not a Jew. He's not from the line of Abraham. So obviously, there were people that were following God in this area before. Mm -hmm. By the time the Israelites are coming back, those people are gone. Yeah. The Jebusites, who are the people who live in Jerusalem, are horrible pagans and idolaters. Yeah. They're sacrificing their children. The Moabites are doing the same thing. And the Moabites are children a lot. Mm -hmm. So wait a minute. These people are horrific. And God is sending this nation into this land to remove those people from the land. That's his whole point. And if they don't step up, if they can't handle God saying, don't worry, I'll get you your water. You got to wait on me. If they can't handle that, then they, then they're, they're going to fail. Yeah. And God knows it. Yeah. And so again, what is he testing? Often, I, I mean, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. And I, I absolutely agree with you that, you know, I want God on my side. That's right. But be, he's providing a test that doesn't mean he's not on my side. My teachers tested me when I was going to school to become a paramedic. They tested me. And you know what I learned? If I knew my stuff, that test was not scary. Yeah. If I didn't know my stuff, that test is horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's scary to walk into it when you don't know. But if you do know, the key is what are we, what are we supposed to know? We've already said it, that God has unfailing love for us, that he wants to lead us and deliver us. Yeah. Yeah. And then if I come to the water that's bitter after three days, I know God's got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're, go ahead. Go with your answer because it's, it's awesome. It is good. If you he listen, said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And that we, we did this before. That's right. Because I've got notes all over it. It's, this is Yah Yahweh Rapha. And we did a whole name of God on this. This is Yahweh this is uh, this is Yahweh the healer. Mm -hmm. He is the healer. Uh, and I've even got a, a note to a text in Hosea chapter six. I want to turn over there and read it to you because I got notes all over this thing. But it says, "Come and let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us." On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let, let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. Mm. And this is Yahweh Rapha. He's a healer. He is the one that, that is looking always to heal us and to make us right again. Yeah. If you're watching tonight or you're listening in, I want to really encourage you to go check out those classes. They were a little longer. They weren't, we didn't have the, all this studio. Well, and, and there was three of us too. James Coburn was with that's us. That's right. That's right. So we had three. Some, yeah. And, and, and some of them, we had other people. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I don't remember who all was there, but. So uh, it's a whole series. We have it on YouTube. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's up on the podcast anymore. Uh, we're, like I said, we're transitioning stuff through that, but it is up on YouTube. It's called the name of God. Yeah. And we go through this whole series. And, <laughs> and what's so important for this is it all stems back to how, who we think God is. And if we think God is sitting there with a baseball bat ready to clobber us, if we think he's Zeus up there with a lightning bolt ready to hit us, mm -hmm. if that's how we think of God, if we think of him as this capricious evil deity, then we've really misjudged him. That's not who he no, is. That's not who he is. 
That's not who he is. He loves us. And he wants to do everything he can to heal us. And so I really want to encourage you to go check those out. Because they, they, we dig into that. We, I mean, gosh, that class was probably about an hour long. And it was, it was a long, it was a year, two years ago. It was, years it ago. was a while back two, yeah. that we did it. I just, I just have notes here, you know, and I, I've got it written down here. Yahweh Rapha uh, means healer. That's right. And, and he said, this is what I, what I require of you. If you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, mm. you got to listen carefully. This is Hosea six. No, this is this is back here in, in Exodus chapter fifteen. Ah, yes, okay. And he says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God, and do what is right in His eyes, so that means I've got to I've got to pay attention to what God's saying. Mm. I got to listen to Him. That's right. Okay. Uh, John chapter twelve. Jesus said, "The words I spoke will judge you in the last day, because the words I spoke are what the Father told me to say." So. I've got to open God's word and I've got to listen to what God says. What is God trying to tell me when I read and I study? What is he trying to tell me? Is, is there something specific I need to know? Yeah, most of the time. And so if I listen to him carefully and do what is right in his eyes, there's a right way. Anytime we're making a decision, there's a right thing to do and there's a wrong thing to do. And if God's telling us the right thing to do, and if you don't know what that is, then find somebody that, that is that's truly versed in the book. They can help you find what that is that God is telling you to do. And then do those things. There's nothing more frustrating than to have someone come to me and ask me, you know, what do you think I ought to do? And then do exactly the opposite of what I told them. You know, I've taken them to the text and this is what God says. God says right here. And then they do do the exact opposite and it blows up in their face. And they want to, well, what happened? Well, you didn't do what God told you. Right. What I told you is what God was telling you. And he says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's right. So if, I, if I'm going to take that and apply it, I need to listen to God. That means I have to have some, some valuable, intense study time where I am in communication with God. That's right. I need to listen to what he's telling me. That's right. And I need to pay attention, take heed to what it is, and know that there may be a time that right now that he's he's testing me. He's got me, he got me in the book somewhere and, and he's trying to teach me something so that I can make a, a better informed decision in, a, in something that's coming up in my life. That's right. You got an, a decision you need to make? Right. Most of us do got some kind of decision that, that needs to be made and you don't know what to do, maybe you need to in inquire of God. Maybe you need to just open the book and let God start talking to you. And I promise you, he's going to tell you what, what he needs you to know. He may need you to have a relationship with him. Maybe you don't even have one. You know, you just navigate through the book, kind of go wherever it takes you and you just kind of flip over here and flip over there. You don't have any kind of rhyme or reason. You know, go get into the gospels. Do you look like Jesus? Yeah. And if you don't look like Jesus, why don't you look like Jesus? Find out what Je find out who your savior is. That's what the gospels are there for. The Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are there to introduce you to the savior. That's right. You know, he's the one that's going to save your life. You're not going to save your life. You know, no matter how much you try, no matter how much how good you think you are, you're never going to save your own life. No, Jesus no, has to save it. No matter where you show up on Sunday, no matter how much money you give, none of those things are sufficient. None of those things are going to matter. None of those things are going to matter. Okay. Only thing that matters is what, is what are you going to do with what God said to do? That's right. That's what he's telling us here. And he said, always remember that God is the healer. He'll heal you. He will. But you have to do it his way. That's right. All right. You go to the doctor. Don't do what he tells you. What's going to happen? You're going to stay sick. Right?
You're not going to get better. But you may get better on your own, might, but not when, when you're dealing with the, with the great physician. If you don't do what he tells you, you're not going to get better. That's right. That's right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. Thank you for being our healer, Father, and thank you for, for uh, giving us an opportunity to understand that no matter how good it gets sometimes, uh, the bad things are going to still happen. They're going to still think things are going to come up in our lives that, that we don't understand, that we don't have any concept of. And we ask, Father, your, your help to keep us strong, keep us focused, keep us focused on you, that we might, uh, that we might strive every day to be obedient and to be mindful of you and stay focused on you. Father, we know that you're our healer. You've told us that. And we know that you want to heal us. Father, help our audience to, uh, to really give themselves over to you and to, uh, and to really uh, pay attention to what you're trying to tell them. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray.